Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you we're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. GP3 Round 125 is in the building. Uh, Welcome to March. Ran is in the building. Ran, how you doing, man? Doing all right, man. How you doing, brother? (laughs) That's the question. (laughs) Oh, the fun technology. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. Hey, man. Um, welcome back, Rand. I know you had a, a week off. Did you uh, Did you go to Mexico or something? <laughs> I wish, brother. I wish. Cancun? <laughs> I wish. Mar-a-Lago, Florida? <laughs> uh, don't get me started about there, man. Hey, man, by the way, uh, let's go ahead and do it before while we... Uh, while our technology is still holding up, uh, tell them the GP3 story, man. Okay, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. Uh, three uh, classmates from the Grove Park community, uh, elementary school. I'm Rand, Tut, and Tommy B. Uh, I grew up on South Elizabeth Place. Tut, who's in the Maritime now, he's retired from the show, but it's always in our hearts, uh, grew up on Charlotte Place. And uh, Tommy B, where did you grow up? North Avenue, man. North Avenue. Crank your mic up a little oh. bit if you can to try that. Give it a shot. By the way, we are we are testing a new um, a new service um, that allows us to do more live shows. So uh, this is our first week first week on it without a manual. Uh, hopefully, I'll get the manual soon. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. But That's uh, right. it's like asking for directions on the road, man. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Hey, but this week, man, it was just craziness as always. The the, the Cohen hearings, the busted North Korean talks. This week, uh, as as we tape this show, um, Finding Neverland is on HBO Sunday and Monday, and and a whole lot more. Um, it's just going to be an interesting week, man. But before we get into all that, go ahead and uh, give us your shout outs. I got a couple shout outs, man. Today is actually birthday day, man. Birthdays today: Herschel Walker, Andrew Young, uh, Jackie Joanna Kersey, 
and Tone Loke all had birthdays today, man. Wow. Damn. Wild thing, Tone uh, Loke. Yeah. Also on this day in 1991 was the uh, infamous uh, beating of Rodney King. It happened on this date, man. Wow. Okay. Wow. You know, um, Rodney King passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he passed away several years ago. Yeah, we lost him. Um, and, and I can still remember how that trial impacted the whole country, man. And um, it, it was uh, just... Uh, a really dark time in American history, man, divisive. Kind of reminds you of today, <laughs> in, in a way. Yeah. Without, yeah. The, without the riots, you know. Um, but um, rest in peace, Rodney King. Um, you got any other shout outs, man? Man, that, that's it, man. I mean, you know, that was a lot. Uh, yeah, that's it, brother. Okay. Uh, I got a shout out, um, folks at Clayton, uh, Clayton State University, man, spent some time with their continuing education folks and uh, might be doing some podcast instruction uh, over at, at, at Clayton State University. It used to be Clayton State College over on the south side. So excellent, man. Shout, excellent. Yeah. Shout out to them. Hopefully I won't be ha I won't have to teach uh, this particular program. <laughs> I got to learn it. I'll learn it first. Uh, big thanks to um William Puji Hart. You know that name? No. Uh, you know, hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can get this. You heard that? Yeah, that's, that's a Dale Phonics, right? Absolutely. William Puji Hart, lead singer, writer, composer, producer of the Dale Phonics. Uh, he's going to be featured on the next episode of You Need to Know. And, you know, it's really, he's, you, you'll never guess, man, who he's partnering with uh, on, on the hip hop side. Wild. Yeah, go wild. wild the wildest guest. Wild the, I mean, I'm sorry, the wildest guest you can make. Give it a shot. Uh, he's partnering with uh, T-Pain. <laughs> Almost close. Uh, he's partnering with the Wu-Tang Clan. That is wild. <laughs> and he's coming back, man. He's going to be working with them. Uh, he's got a new label. Uh, he's doing some collaborations. Um, he said they reached out to him. But the majority of the podcast, man, he talks, he gives a cautionary tale to young artists, man, about their publishing. He lost out a lot on his publishing. And, um, you know, Tom Bell, who, of course, did the stylistics, the spinners, he, it doesn't really paint a pretty picture for people like that. And uh, one other person who was involved in his whole deal. But um, hopefully he gets that worked out, man. But he's trying to get around and really tell the truth about the music business. And, you know, we've heard a lot of that before, man. It's really sad to hear a lot of these artists really later in life losing out on songs they've written, songs they pub well, you know, their publishing deals. Uh, it's ugly. So um, I'll, I'll have that out this week on You Need to Know. Yeah, I, I saw um, uh, an unsung about them. Mm-hmm. On a BET, was it BET or TV? TV uh, One. TV unsung. One. Yep, TV One. TV One. And that was, a, that was an interesting one. But, you know, um, when you look at today's artists versus artists of the past, um, the artists of today are bit much better business people. Yeah. They're, they're in many ways they're more business they're more of a business person than than an artist mm -hmm. and so uh, I give these artists today a lot of credit because they have more control um, than the guys in the past because again people like Barry Gordy and all the other record execs basically went into the ghetto and got teenagers and um and pimped the hell out of them and these kids did not their kids nor their parents did not know what they were signing away yeah just like yeah. Cadillac Records man they gave them Cadillacs and and everything that they, uh, 
you know, desired except for, you know, money and, and a future and really, you know, the publishing and, and the legal situations that would secure their future. And right. um, he said an interesting thing, man. He said, when you steal from a man at that point in their life, you're, you're not only stealing from that individual, you're stealing from their kids, their grandkids. You, yeah. You, you're taking money from generations. And, um, you know, it was just a real interesting talk. So uh, William Poogee Hart, thank you. Um, also, man, congrats to Tyler Perry. Um, uh, Medea family funeral came out, um, finished number two uh, behind, you know, the dragon movie, the um, how to how to train your dragon part two, which, you know, I am the, shocked. What, what that it was number two. Yeah, I am shocked. <laughs> I'm not shocked. Is, from, from what I hear, this is the finale. Yeah, it is. It so is. I, I, I thought um, I would think more people would uh, go out and, and, and wish Medea a nice send off. Well, actually, you know what? I mean, considering you can't beat kids movies. It's tough. And and um, you, you keep in mind, he was only in a little over twenty four hundred theaters. So compare the number of theaters, too, because the kids movies are in every theater in America. With, well, you have to yeah. look at revenue per theater, though. You have to yeah, look, revenue you per have theater. To at, yeah, absolutely. Look at revenue per theater. Because yeah. you're absolutely right. In terms of distribution, yeah, he will lose out. But let's look at revenue per theater and see how does he stack up. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's well, I'll, I'll tell you like this. It's more profitable than most of the movies in the top 10. So, you know, from a profitability standpoint, that's a win. Oh, yeah. That's a oh, win. Tyler, Tyler and Lee Daniels, man, they, they, they know how to... Uh, <laughs> They know how to squeeze a penny. <laughs> but uh, 27 million uh, was actually I was reading Variety uh, this morning and they said that is that is without a doubt above expectations, man. So for him to finish that close, because how to um, train your dragon Two did about 30 million and he did about 27. So um, now this is the it, second it, weekend for. Uh, how to is that uh, yeah for the Medea franchise is that one of the the highest uh, opening grosses for, for the Medea franchise? I didn't see that, but I, I would imagine that um, his um, it, it's got to be up there because Tyler typically does somewhere in the twenties. You know, he never I've never seen him do anything thirty, forty, fifty the bigger numbers. But that's a good number. That's a good number, especially again limited distribution. That's the big thing. Yep. Hi, man. Uh, I got to first of all, say happy Women's History Month to all the all the women out there. Um, And of course, um, just a couple of things to note. Um, And I'm sure in your household, this is being played on loop. Uh, Solange released her album uh, When I Get Home on March 1st. And uh, it was kind of like a a midnight release. um, And it was intended to quote unquote, bridge the gap between Black History Month and Women's History Month. And uh, in this, um, she did a video, which I haven't had a chance to see, but on the new album, she uh, pays tribute to Debbie Allen, uh, Felicia Rashad, and Pat Parker. And uh, they're all Houston, I guess, Houston natives. Uh, These three artists, uh, of course, in the Knowles families from Houston, too. And also a shout out to uh, India Irie, man, she's got a new album out, uh, Worthy, and um, that uh, is her first, well, she hasn't had an album out in five years, and she starts a national tour on April 30th. So 
uh, in honor of uh, Women's History Month, man, got to shout those ladies out. Solange, India, Ari. That's a great way to start uh, Women's History Month in March. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, hey, man, um, just real quick. Did you did you watch the Oscars at all? I saw the highlights, man. Saw the highlights. OK, um, well, shout out to um, Essence magazine. They had an article that basically said, um, you know, it was Oscars so black this week and, and gave a pretty good list of all the black winners. And of course, we saw Regina King, who, who, who definitely is way overdue uh, for all the talent she's put in and all the work she's put in over the years for um, If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, Ruth Carter, uh, the first black woman to win an Oscar for costume design, design uh, for Black Panther. Um, Hannah Beachler. Uh, the first black woman to win a product for production design. Uh, Mahershala Ali, best supporting actor for Green Book. Uh, Peter Ramsey, who did the um, he directed the movie uh, Spider-Man into the universe. He is the first black director to ever win for best animated feature. And of course, how do you feel about Spike, man? I was I was happy for Spike. Uh, I, I, think, I was happy, man. Oh, you know, uh, people forget in Spider-Man, Mahershala Ali was in Spider-Man, too. Yes, he was. He was one of the, vo- yes, one of the voices in, the, in that. Yeah. Uh, I was happy. I was happy for all of them. And I was really impressed with the two women um, mm-hmm. for costume and production, because that those are such unsung um, uh, categories, but yeah. they play such a vital role. And also the, also for the guy for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I knew Spike was going to win something. I just didn't know what, what he was going to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm happy for him, man. I'm, you know, it was, it was nice seeing um, both that, that Sam Jackson was up there, uh, his Morehouse brother, uh, <laughs> to give him the award, man. So, you know, yeah. that, that was a nice, that was a nice uh, thing to see. Did you get caught up in the Green Book controversy or... Did it well, even? I mean, you know, man, I, I mean, you know, it, 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 like I say, this is an subjective award and people try to make it objective. It's so subjective. It's it's about what 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 people like, what they want to vote for. Uh, I saw the similarities. If you want to say it's driving Miss Daisy in reverse. Yeah. To yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, again, I don't know the relate the true relationship between Mr. Shirley and and the, and the driver in in real life, and how how was that really depicted? Um, I know one thing: Octavia Spencer is like becoming a pro at doing sixty period pieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, between the help, uh, the, the the hidden figures in this man, she she's she just stays in the sixties, man. Yeah, she's got a new horror movie coming out that I think it's God, Ma or something like that looks crazy so uh, but yeah I, I hope she doesn't get uh typecast in in um in those period pieces man because um you know do more contemporary stuff this thing that she's doing the horror thing is crazy um but uh more contemporary at least so kudos to all that great black ex- excellence man just black excellence big time all right, man, we're going to get into the week that was um just a whole lot we'll just do a recap and then we'll get back and knock out all the craziness that happened. So here's the week that was.
Despite being written out of the last two episodes of the upcoming season of Empire, actor Jussie Smollett is getting public support from one of the lead actors on the show, Terrence Howard. Howard plays the actor's father on the TV program. Over the weekend, Howard posted on Instagram, quote, The Jussie I know could never even conceive of something so unconscious and ugly. This incident or judgment is not for any of us to decide. One of the big winners last night at the Oscars was Regina King. She won the Best Supporting Actress Award. Spike Lee's Black Klansman got Best Screenplay. And Green Book won Best Picture. On Monday, Florida prosecutors filed formal charges against Robert Kraft, the billionaire owner of the New England Patriots. They also charged about two dozen other men for soliciting prostitution at local massage parlors. Friday, police named Kraft as a client at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, saying they had video of him engaging in paid sex acts with a worker there on two different occasions. Green Book won Best Picture at the Oscars, and Spike Lee predicted the win would be controversial. It has been. Critics say the movie sanitizes race relations and have compared it to Driving Miss Daisy. The House, led by Democrats, is planning a border wall vote to block the president's emergency declaration to get the money he needs. We would be delinquent in our duties if we did not resist with it not fight back uh, and to overturn the president's declaration. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a vote is expected today while the president headed to Vietnam Monday for another summit with North Korea's leader. Singer R. Kelly was finally released on bond late Monday afternoon. His attorney, Steve Greenberg, entered the not guilty plea for Kelly earlier in the day. His release was delayed for days after Kelly had trouble coming up with the $100,000 needed to post bond. Kelly was charged with 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse involving four victims, three of whom were minors. President Trump arriving in Vietnam today for a summit with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. The two leaders will try to reach agreement on how to implement a North Korean pledge to give up its nuclear weapons. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders says they will meet for a brief one-on-one conversation on Wednesday evening, followed by dinner. The two leaders will meet again for the summit on Thursday. He was once the president's close confidant, but now what does he think of the nation's commander-in-chief? He is a racist. He is a con man. And he is a cheat. The words of President Trump's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, testifying Wednesday before Congress. Cohen accused the president of breaking the law while in office and said for the first time that Mr. Trump knew in advance about a WikiLeaks dump of stolen emails that hurt his rival, Hillary Clinton, during the 2016 presidential campaign. Cohen told a House committee he had no direct evidence that the president or his campaign colluded with Moscow during the election. Questions have been raised about whether I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. I do not. And I want to be clear. But I have my suspicions. Earlier in the day, President Trump tweeted while in Vietnam that Cohen is lying. No deal at the summit between the president and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. They were willing to denuke a large portion of the areas that we wanted, but we couldn't give up all of the sanctions for that. North Korea disputes that summary of why the summit ended abruptly. Here's Foreign Minister Ri Young-ho of North Korea through an interpreter saying they never asked that all sanctions be lifted. Would 
we proposed was not the removal of all sanctions, but their partial removal. The White House had no further comment over the disagreement about what both sides wanted. According to the New York Times, this past May, President Trump ordered his chief of staff to grant his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, a top-secret security clearance. Here's what the president told the Times in January. I don't think I have the authority to do that. I wouldn't do it. Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings said in a statement that the Times report indicated Mr. Trump may have granted access to our country's most sensitive classified information to his son-in-law against the advice of career staff. There are concerns that Kushner could be blackmailed because of his ties to foreign nationals. What do you think, man? Do you think this um, this Kushner thing is going to float? Well, uh, I think it, I think I think there's smoke, there's fire, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the bottom line is this administration has proven uh, not behind closed doors, but even on the open pulpit podium, how they lie so much, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, and the, and what I'm hearing is the, uh, the the Congress wants to see those memos that were allegedly written by the White House counsel and the former chief of staff. But the White House does not want to show those memos citing executive privilege. Um, so, you know, this is um, this just doesn't shock me, man. When you look at the, the amount of corruption yeah. uh, that's, that's running rampant in this administration and you got a Senate and uh, particularly the Senate who's just sitting there and it's just rolled over. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, you know what, man, if um, if the Democrats had not taken over the House, this would never be an issue. It would never have, have come to light on this level. But more importantly, though, partner, yeah. it's the power of voting. Yep. When you vote, things can happen. If we never, t- if they had never taken over the House, mm-hmm. the, the first two years would have gotten, the first two years would have repeated itself these last two years. Yep. And um, unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I think... Um, well, fortunately for 45, but unfortunately for the Dems, you know, the Senate is still there to um, to to wreak havoc. And, and um, but, you know, you, you you said the phrase time and time again, man, uh, elections have consequences and, right. um, you know, it runs both ways. I mean, it, it definitely, we're, you know, the, the, the Democratic Party is seeing um, or saw the first two years the consequences of losing 2016. And now the Republicans and what 45 is dealing with, with, he's seeing the consequences of of midterms. So, I mean, if anything, I mean, I, I hope it's a wake up call, man, for people who just refuse to go out and, and vote. Um, because 2020, man, is just going to be, uh, oof, dude. I mean, I well, you the know, magnitude of 2020. Yeah, go right. ahead. If you're a Republican, 2020 is going to determine the, the life of your party. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because right now, these guys are making some short-term bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they say, the roosters will come home to roost. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> the chickens, too. Serious, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. They're making some serious short-term bets right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they have some long-term consequences. Mm. I absolutely agree. Hey, man, a couple of things. Um, let's slip over to this Cohen thing. Um, big news this week. Um, man, I saw a report about the amount of money that the workplace in America lost based on uh, productivity, based on the number of people watching this thing uh, all day. Um, everybody watched and to, to hear what he had to say. 
And uh, I kind of watched in bits and pieces, checked out the um, the uh, the recaps. Um, but uh, even by checking out the recaps and taking a look at it, Rand, was it what you expected? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, as I was telling some people, I said the the real things are in, uh, are the the first and the third hearing. What we're hearing is the sandwich, the middle part, mm-hmm. the the slices of bread behind closed doors. That's where the real shit's gonna jump, hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where it really that's where it really gonna hit. I mean, what you saw was, uh, you know, the party of Trump. Uh, going after this guy, you know, as a character witness, but, but no one was defending or trying to refute anything that he said mm-hmm. just about. And, you know, what's funny is that most of these guys were former prosecutors, former cops, and they were attacking this guy. But doesn't it when a person flips, usually when a person's flip, he's already a guilty person anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what's yeah, the absolutely. So what's the deal? Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, we've had many guys who were in nefarious acts that flipped, mm-hmm. that have lied, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we relied on that testimony to convict people. Well, one of, one of the things um, that, um, you know, of course, uh, the Republicans were complaining about the fact that you couldn't trust Cohen and he was a man of low character. But one of the guys, uh, I forgot, it may have been MSNBC or CNN, uh, one of the former prosecutors, um, he said, if we had to throw out nefarious characters, low character liars, then we'd never get a conviction. Exactly. <laughs> because exactly. especially when you're talking about when you're talking about a case like this, where in many cases, man, it could have mob ties. He said, when you're dealing with people like that, you have to, first of all, position them to tell the truth by squeezing them to the point where they can't lie. You got to know the facts. So basically all they're, they're, they're doing, they're just corroborating your story. They're just supporting the stuff you already know. Right. So it doesn't right. matter. You know when they lie. You got to know when they're lying. You know, and that's why right. Manafort's in trouble because, you know, Mueller already knows what he knows. Um, so he knows when he's lying, you know. And, and, you know, the sad thing about Manafort is that a good defense attorney would say, any question they ask you, they know the answer. They know the so answer. Don't fucking, so don't fucking lie. <laughs> they already know. You know. So don't lie. It's like your parents. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically, don't lie. Now we can we can play semantics. We can play word games. Yeah. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. And, and these guys are these guys are. I mean, that the um, the arrogance and the hubris that these guys have is mm-hmm. just is it's ridiculous. But well, I think the thing is that um, as Elijah Cummings said. Follow the transcript. Mm-hmm. That transcript now is a tour guide into the Trump organization through a uh, uh, Cohen and through uh, Alan Weisenberg and, mm-hmm. and several other Trump officials. Mm-hmm. And they said, "What you're seeing now is the classic mob case. Now mm-hmm. it's they're about to go. The subject district of New York is about to go on a hiring frenzy because they're going to have so many options to go after." That brick by brick, they're going to see that the Trump organization was a family-run licensing organization, not a real estate firm, mm-hmm. but a licensing organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a couple of things, a uh, couple of takeaways from the whole testimony, and thanks to PBS for rolling this out. Um, and, and I noticed this when he first started talking about forty-five. 
the one number one is Trump spoken code. He gave he was he was always he always used code language. Um, and and you heard that, correct, especially when it came down to lying about the Trump Tower Moscow Ma- Moscow deal. He used code. Number two. Um, the other thing that that this cleared up to some degree, even at, at least what the public saw, that there was no evidence of collusion, no direct evidence of collusion. Um, but that's based on Cohen and, and Cohen just didn't know. Um, number three was there's more to come. And that was the thing that was kind of uh, damning 445 was the fact that Cohen said the prosecutors in New York currently have an investigation going on uh, with his, you know, his conversation. So he's still actually um, um, uh, participating and cooperating with the New York prosecutors. Um, the other thing is, it's an ex- uh, and, and, you know, for Cohen, it's a cautionary tale. And he kept saying it over and over again. I am a, I am an example of what not to do. And he particularly pointed to the point where, hey, I, I tell my kids, don't be like me. And number five, the big thing is how his his um, his testimony entangles the Trump kids even more with Ivanka, Donald, you know, um, God, I mean, there's so much. He said what approximately 10 times. um, I think he mentioned about the business deal, the Moscow deal. So. There are a lot of wheels in action based on uh, based on that testimony. Hey, Rand, I want to play something real quick. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts were. Let me play this and, and we'll talk about it. Do you think the president of the United States is making decisions in the best interest of the American people? No, I don't. Especially those you said that he used horrible words about like African-Americans, Muslim Americans and immigrants. Yes. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that some would even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. What'd you think when you heard that, when you saw that? I saw it. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, she she was not the first one to bring that up, Miss yep. Miss um, Talib. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, Lynn Patton <laughs> is a disgrace as a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to allow herself to be used as a prop, and then what I found out is she has actually tr- she's actually sought permission to be in a reality show while serving as a HUD official. Oh no, okay. So that lets you know. I read this in the New York Times. That lets you know the the character she has as an individual. But what you're seeing here is that the Democrats really need to be very careful because they're using four women of color as lightning rods. And Ms. Talib was one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The AOC is one. Mm -hmm. uh, Lawrence and Presley and Omar. Mm -hmm. Those are the women that they're going after because what they're trying to do is create division, decisive divisiveness in the the Democratic Party. you know, the fact is that she had to apologize to me was just downright appalling because yes, it was. She, she did not call him a racist. No, his act was racist. Mm-hmm. Now, is he a racist? Probably because he's a birther. Yes, he is. And, okay. and, and you know what? After that whole incident, 
you saw clips about him saying uh, at a rally, I, I guess five years ago, or back when Obama was in office, um, where he had had basically mentioned uh, that Obama needs to go back to Kenya. And um, yeah, so he was a big part of the Tea Party, the Bertha movement. Right. Yeah. And 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 this is a basic. I mean, what he did was a was a, a a blocking core blocking and tackling strategy they use. Say something racist, get called on it, and then then paint your, then paint themselves as the victim. I was disappointed in in Elijah Cummings, even though I, I did like his closing statement. Um, I, I I I I didn't care for how he came to Mark Meadows's aid. Um, in that situation, I think. Well, that's, they, you know, they have certain rules, and, yeah. and, and 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 that was again. He is trying to. There are rules, that are in place, and he's trying to adhere to the rules. He's not trying to go in the direction that the Republicans would have gone in if they were in charge of that committee. Yeah, but I think he and got so, too personal. He didn't have to. You know, I thought the injection of the personal uh, friendship. You know, even though yeah, it's great maybe to help bridge the gap but candidly how much is that going to really help <laughs> you know the, no, no, it's mean, not going to help it, any, it, it, you know, know? at the end of the day yeah. that a little exchange was was nothing but theater yeah, yeah. because it's more about the, the the transcript the things that Cohen revealed mm-hmm. that we didn't know and that maybe the, the, the southern district of New York doesn't know yeah um, those are the things uh, and also the things for the media to jump on. Those mm-hmm. are the things that more important. Uh, but Mark Meadows, I mean, again, he he was he was biting for that job when um, when Ryan was in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it being the speaker for the being the speaker of the house. Um, so you know this doesn't surprise me, man. We know who he is. Yeah. And then, but Lynn Patton, though, I mean, quite honestly, she she really needs. Somebody really needs to talk to her. She has a serious self-esteem problem to be utilized. But but she among 45 African-American African-American supporters are. That's typical. They fall in lockstep like that and they allow themselves to be used as, quote unquote, props in many different scenarios. So what's the new one? Uh, The young sister. Her name is Candace. Oh, Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Yeah. Yeah. But she. Yeah. Yeah. She she's the one who who said I think it may have been this week that racism is over, there is no racism, so yeah there you go yeah hey man real quick uh, and and we'll move on from this because I do want to ask you about Bernie uh, Sanders but North Korea um, bust basically a total bust no 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 because we didn't give up anything yeah yeah I mean quite honestly when you think about it he really listened to his advisors this time mm, okay. Now, what was the bust was the way he talked about that young man, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, cowing to uh, yeah. Yeah. Warburg, you know, mm-hmm. basically um, bending over for another dictator. I mean, it's amazing how this guy talks so tough when he gets in a room with a dictator. Mm-hmm. He's on his he's on his knees. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I'm expecting you know, him to I, pull I, out poetry next. <laughs> Yeah, 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 the bromance. I mean, you know, it was, Damn, it, was dude. it was cool calling him Rocket Man 3,000 miles away, but then you get into a room with him, oh. you know. Oh. You, you, you know, I mean, but it, it, you could tell he's he's a typical white boy bully. Yeah. You know, it's it's a mob mentality, 
um, distance is the greatest thing for them to be to, to have all the hubris. Mm-hmm. But once you get into a room when there's nothing but you and him, mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing. But uh, but back to your original question, it, it wasn't a failure because we didn't give up anything. I was afraid that we were going to give up something. Yeah, but you know what? I think we gave up. I think if I think we gave up integrity <laughs> on the world stage. Oh Whenever, yeah, yeah. You know, even though physically, I mean. You know, we didn't give up any um, any of the sanctions. Um, we we gave up our. I mean, every time he goes to North Korea or deals with Putin, our integrity continues to slip as a nation. You oh, know, yeah. based oh, yeah. on our how he interacts. Position is, yeah. Our leadership position is eroded, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's my uh, biggest concern. I mean, that's one of the the big concerns I have. Uh, you know, just based on the fact that. Um, you know, you can go down the laundry list of human rights violation, uh, violations that um, that uh, the Korean guy, I call him well, Pugsley. you know what? I, I, Kim take Jong. I, take, I, I take part of my statement back. We did give up something. What's that? We permanently cancel all the all the war exercises over there. Oh, it was permanent now? Oh. Yeah, it's permanent. Yeah. That's what we, you know, we, we've, yeah. Yeah. And the big we, thing. We that, lost to that. Yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I just said we we lost when it, we lost to that. I mean, that's uh, it's it's um again that's 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 very bad, mm-hmm. very bad. And the Korean people were expecting um, a big announcement of the end of the Korean War, an official end of the Korean War signing. That didn't happen. So he was supposed to hang oh, around. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but they were promising that. They were hoping for that, especially coming off Cohen, coming off the. The disaster that the uh, Cohen hearing, the public relations disaster that it was for him. All right, man, uh, I watched uh, a bit of the uh, Bernie town hall. I didn't watch a lot of it. I mean, because a lot of it is Bernie rehashed. But but one thing, a couple of things I want to play real quick. These are just snippets. And I want to get your thought. Um, Here's uh, an exchange. uh, Well, go ahead and hear it. Thank you, Senator Sanders. Part of the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow in the U.S. is the legacy of income inequality in the U.S. What is your position on reparations to the descendants of slaves? Well, as I just indicated, there are massive disparities uh, that must be addressed. Uh, There is legislation that I like introduced uh, by Congressman Jim Clyburn. It's called the 10-20-30 legislation, which focuses federal resources in a very significant way on distressed communities, communities that have high levels of poverty. So as I've just indicated, you know, I think we have to do everything that we can to end institutional racism in this country. It is not acceptable to me that the rate of childhood poverty among the African-American community is over 30% in this country. That is beyond belief. That African-Americans die from cancer at higher rates than whites. So we're going to do everything we can to put resources into distressed communities and improve lives for those people who have been hurt from the legacy of slavery. So what is your position specifically on reparations? I asked the question because Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro, they've indicated they, they well, want to What does to that support. mean? What do they mean? I'm not sure that anyone's very clear. What I've just said is that I think we must do everything that we can 
to address the massive level of disparity that exists in this country. I'll tell you what they mean, because Elizabeth Warren has said black families have had a much steeper hill to climb. We need systematic structural changes to address that. Julian Castro has said, I have long thought that this country would be better off if we did find a way to do that. Reparations. Well, I just I agree with what Elizabeth said. So you would support you would support reparations. But read what she said. What does that mean? She means, I think, I don't want to put words into her mouth, is what I said. Okay? In other words, as a result of the legacy of slavery, you have massive levels of inequality. It has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed now. In in 2016, you said it would be divisive, reparations. Well, again, it depends on what the word means. And I know you don't want to be divisive tonight. You know, Rand, all I could hear is dun 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 <laughs> dancing, dancing, dancing. Dude, what are you? Give me your thoughts. Go ahead. <laughs> that was just some bullshit. Man. That was just. I mean, that was just. That was some bullshit uh, from Bernie, man. You know, uh, Bernie has changed because hmm. uh, you know he's kicked out. He has a whole new campaign staff now. Okay. Uh, so they're going in a different direction. Um, Bernie's going more centrist now. That's a centrist. He's going. That sounds like something Bill Clinton would would have said. Man. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, even Barack Obama would have said it too, man. Mm. Um, this is is it's just bullshit. I mean, it's just it's just word game semantics. You know what does she say? What does she mean? Mm. You know, I'm not asking. I'm asking you, motherfucker. What do you? What do you say? <laughs> that's, that's, but you know I what? Mean, basically, that's what you want to. Wolf say. had that look on his face. Yeah, <laughs> he like, was, you know, Wolf, you know, Wolf was like, you know, if but, I didn't work for CNN. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know, Wolf Bernie, got some Bernie, black in him somewhere. He got some black. Yeah, in him. you know, and, right. and Bernie, you know. Bernie be shouting out free free education and yeah. free health care like yeah. it ain't nothing. Like a, that's how okay. that's how he got the you know, crowd. Smart, yeah. he yeah. would say that would that's part of it. That's part of the reparations package. You yeah, know? yeah. Because those are those are economic uh, enablers right there. Mm-hmm. But um, he was he was horrible. Yeah, just horrible. Man. And here's the other thing. I, I personally yeah. think Go Bernie ahead. just sort of just yeah. Go away. Here's the other thing that bothered me about Bernie, and I'll play this clip. Let's take a seat for a second, because I have a question about transparency. Uh, Senator, uh, will you release 10 years of your tax returns? As you know, Elizabeth Warren has decided to do that. Yes. What, what was the delay? Why haven't you done that so far? Well, you know, the delay is, is not, it'll, it'll bore, our tax returns will bore you to death. It's simply a me- <laughs> nothing special about them. It just was a mechanical issue. We don't have countenance at home. My wife does most of it, and we will get that stuff out. So when do you think we'll be able to see your tax returns? Sooner than later. Well, what does that mean? Soon. Soon. Yes. <laughs> Are they ready to be released? Already? I think that we have to just do a few more little things, but to check them out. But we, they're ready. And why didn't you do it the last time around? You were under a lot of pressure to do so. I wasn't under a lot of pressure. Well, I didn't end up doing it because I didn't win the nomination. If we had won the nomination, we would have done it. All right. Senator, but but again, have- I, I don't want to shock you, Wolf. They're very boring tax returns. Oh. <laughs> you know what, man? They should have had Samuel Jackson in, in that crowd. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Come on, man. It was a bad day for Bernie, man. It was a bad, bad day. day, bad night. 
his his people his people were not uh, on their game. And, and you know what, Rand? I don't know if people caught that. Does that bother you? That clip? Does that not bother you, bother you a bit? I mean, it bothers me. But the thing is, I I I, I really just want Bernie just to get the, get the fuck on. I mean, really. I mean. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, really, man. Um, you know, uh. but but the problem is, you know, Bernie is still a product of an older generation. Mm-hmm. Bernie is still a white uh, elitist male. Mm. Okay, uh, and and it's just, it's 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 just, you know, it's just horrible, man. That's all I got to say. That was. That, that that was just painful listening to it. I mean, I didn't see the town hall, man, because you know I'm 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 kind of over I'm over Bernie, man. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it, that was just painful. Bernie's advanced people um, should probably be fired over this, man, because yeah. he he didn't have an answer. I oh, mean, it was it was it was the dancing machine. He was, and oh and, yeah, he and was, I, I think those matter because imagine him running against forty five who still has yet to release his taxes after a promise. You know what I mean? It's, it's deja vu, you know? Uh, and, and it also, in my opinion, it enables 45 to continue to not release his taxes, you know? So, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Hey, man, a couple of things. Uh, I don't, hell, I can't even say on a lighter note. Um uh, but um, Leaving Neverland comes out. Of course, we're starting March. So um, Leaving Neverland is released on HBO uh, March 1st. Well, uh, the weekend, Sunday and Monday night, basically. It's a four-hour documentary. And, um, and and if you don't know, if you've been under a rock, um, if, if folks don't know about this, you know, this is basically talking about Michael Jackson's long-running relationship with two boys uh, one was age seven, the other 10, and how he interacted with their families. Uh, the guys are now, the boys are now men, 30, in their 30s. And basically, they're talking about how they were sexually abused by Jackson. Wade Robson and James Safechuck. Uh, and this thing's directed by Dan Reed. And you know HBO, they're going to show it every day. It's going I mean, this is going to be, first of all, it's going to be on demand. Uh, it came out in, uh, at Sundance first at the beginning of the year. And, uh, but it definitely, it's going to be on uh, Sunday and Monday night of first of March, first part of March and um, four hours. And uh, the uh, Jackson estate has been launching a preemptive strike to, um, to try to keep it at bay. Uh, and they also have a, uh, I think a hundred million dollar lawsuit against HBO. Um, interesting articles out, man. If, if y'all want to learn more about it, um, the uh, PBS NewsHour did a great uh, our, uh, video online as well as uh, the, um, the transcript uh, on, on uh, some of the allegations. Uh, if you also want to look into it for yourself, uh, Vanity Fair did a, um, an article called 10 Undeniable Facts About Michael Jackson's or Michael Jackson's Sexual Abuse Allegations. And... Um, you know, and then you can also see CNN has an article out that talks about the Jackson family point of view um, and their lawsuit over the over the documentary. Um, any thoughts, man? I have my thoughts. I'll let you go first. Well, man, you know, I'll be quite honest, man. I I, I have not really 
paid much attention to the allegations and all this. I just all I know is that from the first trial up until now, man, it's been there's so much uh, discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if if what happened is is true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if something did happen, I mean, I I just don't know. I, I, I all I know is from my perspective is Michael Jackson's. Um, unique relationship with kids is different than what most middle-aged people would have. Oh, it's been problematic. Right. It's <laughs> for been a, very for, problematic. For a long time. And I mean, that, yeah, yeah, it's been problematic. That, the optics, basically. Yeah, yeah go the ahead. optics are horrible. And the people that he entrusted to help guide his career did a horrible job. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, if and also I have some issues with the parents of those young men because those parents in many ways remind me of the parents that that are around the whole R. Kelly situation. Mm-hmm. In some instances, these parents unknowing, I'm, I'm assuming, put their kids out there in such a way that um, these type of allegations could fester or grow and develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and what's interesting is this is going to have more legs than R. Kelly because it's two white men, two white boys. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, because right now white boys are, are, are uh, particularly abused white boys because of, uh, thank the Catholic Church for it. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're, becoming, they're becoming new victims now. Hmm, Wow. Kids of color are not really kids of color. They don't really care about them. Mm. Uh, remember, we always treat the white male like he's American Eagle. He's an endangered species. Can't nothing. Can't shit happen to him. Mm. So, um, again, you know, this is a unique situation. This has been going on for years. And, you know, um, again, I don't know, man. And I haven't I just don't really pay that much attention to this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, let, uh, let me say, and, and I'll mention this, man, because I, I'd like your opinion on where I stand on this. Um, this thing came out in sun, at Sundance, um, the, the Sundance Film Festival. And of course, you know, it got a standing ovation. Um, it's been hyped. But every time I mention Weinstein, and I say, well, what about the Harvey Weinstein documentary? People tell me, or the ones who are anti-Michael will say, oh, well, the Weinstein documentary's already been, been released. And, and yeah, he's already, Weinstein's already been, been punished. And I said, no, he hasn't. No, he, no, he has not been punished. Uh, there's been no trial. And quite frankly, the type of high-level PR and scrutiny only in allegations is it happening, not in these documentaries that are coming out over two, three, four days where it dominates social media. It dominates every aspect of media. I just don't think I, I think that even though, again, Rand, going back to the fact that uh, as a black music lover, supporter, I, I can remember my time in the business and I remember I remember exactly when the first allegations hit back in 94. You remember what came out in 94, right, with, with Michael. 
in terms of music. Right. You remember that that um, that Dangerous album? Right. Dangerous was huge. It was a massive album in, in terms of how good it was compared to the ones that came before. Like after Thriller, if you remember, there was kind of a lull in terms of, you know, nothing could compare. So Dangerous was supposed to be the comeback or the album that first of all made him blacker because he had Teddy Riley, you know, all these, hell, Michael Jack, Michael Jordan did a video, Heavy D. I mean, it was a funky album. It was an album that Rodney, was supposed uh, to- What is yeah. it, Rodney Jerkins? Yep, Rodney Jerkins. Right. It was that album that was supposed to put him back on the map. When these allegations hit- It destroyed it. It destroyed it. And it never, it never recovered. So oh, yeah, he never recovered. He, he, no. he just started hanging out in Europe. He couldn't do a concert tour in, in the States anymore. No, he couldn't. And then you had 2005. But, but I guess I'm going back to parody. I'm always about parody. I'm like, look, look guys, if, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean, you know, the Michael thing, you know, from an optic standpoint has always been a problem. Uh, the R. Kelly thing, without a doubt. I'm not going to sit here and argue for R. Kelly. He put it only put himself in that situation, the position, whatever they decide, whatever, whatever is determined. Um, what else are we looking at that, um, you know, it, it just seems to me there's this string of things that and, and, and nobody's really I mean, yeah, I'm waiting for the Weinstein thing. And, every, and, and again, oh, it's already been out. I said, no, it hasn't. Not to the degree that these other documentaries have received. This high level, like PR. I said, they treat the white man like he's an endangered species, man. Damn. I mean, when you look at Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, now the biggest difference between Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein, in my opinion, is one used a drug and one didn't. Yeah, they were both predators. I mean, hell, R. Kelly's they're predator. Both, they're both predators. Harvey Weinstein still is. He's sitting in his mansion. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's doing fine. You know, he's doing, he's I mean, doing people exactly will say, well, he's been punished. He's been banished. You know, he I said, been banished. <laughs> been ba- you just don't, you just don't see him at the premieres. He doesn't have to go. Right. Right. He doesn't have to go. Ain't nobody, I, mean, they, I, I agree. I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, where is the, where's the six part documentary on him? Yes. R. Kelly. And they'll, but they'll tell you, oh, well, Sundance. I'm like, to the level of. This leaving closer to shit at Sundance never sees the light of day to the public. Absolutely. That's my point. That is my point. I just think it's almost like the National Enquirer, the way they take stories and squash them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For, for people of privilege. I think that's what's well, been done. You know, these guys control the media. It's their buddies and stuff. So, yes. you know, it's a it's, yep. it's, it's a whole different thing. Um, so, I do agree with you. I forgot about how um, Michael... That those allegations, how that that crushed his chances oh. uh, for a comeback. That that uh, dangerous album was so highly anticipated, and then those allegations came out. Cricket, cricket, and it was a and still probably one of his best albums. I mean, but but oh no, yeah, but it it died. Hey man, um, real quick, uh, just my assignment or my notes for the week. Um, uh, New York Times, and I'll make sure this is posted. Uh, I don't know if you, you're familiar with the two African-American women are headed for a runoff in Chicago for the mayor's race. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you dig it? And uh, what is it? Lori Lightfoot. She's a former uh, federal prosecutor uh, and, and a big critic of, of Rahm, Rahm Emanuel. Uh, and Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, she was... Um, 
county board president and chairwoman of the county's Democratic Party. Um, they're going to face off in April. Um, you know, the Daily, the Daily, uh, another Daily dynasty, William M. Daly, uh, ran and he was third um, and uh, he's already conceded. Um, but uh, either Miss Lightfoot or Miss uh, Preckwinkle, hope I'm saying her name right, would be the first African-American woman to lead the nation's third largest city. Um, and only one other woman, uh, if you remember, I remember this when Jane Byrne uh, ran, has been elected mayor in 1979. And uh, if Miss Lightfoot actually wins, uh, she'll be the first openly gay mayor of Chicago. So um, I'll have that article, the article posted, uh, just kind of goes in depth, talks about each candidate and how this is going to make history. I'll have that posted on the podcast page. Any thoughts? I, I think that's great news, man, that, um, <clears throat> that these two women, um, that, the, that the people of Chicago mm -hmm. have entrusted these two women the opportunity to lead their city, man. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I think one of the, you know, this is part of my rant. I said one of the biggest problems we have is that uh, we don't give women of color an opportunity. Yeah, agreed. You know, and not only when we give them an opportunity, but we don't on this level. On this level, you're right. Go on ahead. This level. We don't give them an opportunity to fail either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, hell, and, people of uh, color, we've said this time and time again. We don't get an <laughs> they don't get an opportunity. Yeah, we don't get a chance to fail. I mean, the thing yeah. is that Ron Emanuel should have been thrown out of office probably after day one. Absolutely. Uh, but again, um, you know, in, the, in our society, racism race is such a big issue that it drives a lot of votes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Hey, um, but I'll make sure I post this on the uh, podcast page and uh, go ahead, man. What you got? What's your rant? I mean, man, you know, I was my main thing. I, I kind of said it earlier, man, was the, the, the fact is that this woman, Lynn Patton, man, um, just she and, and, and uh, all these pastors that have supported Trump, they are they keep contributing to this racial divide in terms of the contributing to this, this, this whole thing of white superiority. Um, they are nothing but step and fetches. Mm. Yep. You know, when I think of them, I think, of, um, uh, gone with the wind and the, and the, and the slave name was Prissy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what I think of these people, man. And they are not, they are not helping our youth. Yeah. Um, and, What's very important is by the 2020 election, millennials are going to outnumber boomers by about mm. two or three million people. Yeah. And a lot of these millennials, their perceptions of race are so misguided that, quite honestly, they're not going to be as liberal as we think they are. Yeah, I agree. Especially the, the white millennials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about it in these in, this, in that thing with Cohen. What's that center, that congressman, Matt Gates, Gantz? OK, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out in Florida. In Florida. Florida. The, the tweet. He's a millennial. The tweet. He's a millennial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could any He's other could, would, would any African-American get away with a tweet like he sent? Um, almost like a oh. taunt about his right. wife and his family. Right. Oh. Right. He he never apologized. No, he didn't. He I didn't know he was a millennial. I mean, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's 30 something years old. Wow. No wonder. And, and, and I was <laughs> I'm when, sorry. When sorry, he, millennials. When he, 
when he was a congressman uh, doing the Trayvon Martin thing, he was asked because he was on the uh, judiciary board to review the stand your ground. And he said, I will not change a comma and stand your ground. Mm. Mm -mm. So and so and that's why I I try to tell people voting matters. Mm hmm. Stefan Clark in California. You remember the young man that was shot in his grandmother's backyard? Absolutely. The DA decided they were not going to prosecute the cops that shot him. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is why you got to vote, y'all. Yeah. You vote your DAs out. You vote them out. You got to vote. If you don't vote, this crap keeps continuing to happen. Agreed. So true. You know, every vote matters and also every election matters. Hmm. So that's all I got, man. That's that's my broken record. Hmm. Well, you know what? It's a broken record that uh, that we need out there, man. I hope uh, these high profile folks like Kaepernick will um, will step up and, and, and take that charge heading toward 2020. I think that's where the opportunity is that as a as, as as a people we haven't taken advantage of I mean you know John Legend can't do it all <laughs> you know what I'm saying John and his wife and, right. and the few people the what's it uh, Jennifer Lewis's they can't just do all this by themselves I mean the, the contemporary right. people need to step up and 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 do you know I know rock the vote is kind of uh, cliche-ish but uh, you know it it's real it, it, it's it's real this 2020 thing is is so real and if if if, uh, if if they don't see that I agree with you I mean the broken records gonna continue yeah and I, and I, and I try to tell people I said you got more to lose than these celebrities these yeah. celebrities they're on the little cocoon yes they are they don't yes they are know, they make their money they move out the hood yeah they'll come back to the hood for a little inspiration and photo ops etc yeah uh, but you know you got more at stake than they do absolutely they are wealth buffered <laughs> they got That's the wealth right. the wealth wall hey man right. um, real quick go to castropolis.net all the information is there how to stream uh, we're also going to have uh, show information uh, thanks to our new provider all that information is going to be available for you at castropolis.net uh, check us out on Instagram you can listen there there's a link Uh, on our IG bio and of course the podcast is always available at Spotify Apple Podcast SoundCloud Podbean TuneIn Radio just search GP3 Homies and uh, support us go to Patreon you could become a supporter and of course Twitter and uh, newsletters for February is going to be out real soon Rand hey man if you can't can't find us y'all y'all ain't looking for us that's That's what I'm talking about (laughs) we we, we fucking everywhere okay Y'all can't find us. You're lazy. <laughs> hey man, thank you, you so much. If you, God, the, if you can't do the five dollars a month, <laughs> you got a problem. Cause y'all will go to happy hour and order eight beers and have three shots like it ain't nothing. Like it ain't nothing. All I say, I say on my little spiel. What's my little spiel? It's like that's two gallons of gas. You know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Y'all will go to the strip joint. Yeah. And give a, give a stripper a thousand dollars within twenty minutes. Yeah. Give Mercedes how much? <laughs> That's right. Mercedes, Lexus, Ferrari, whatever, whatever her name is. Maserati. Yeah, That's man. Right. But um, definitely uh, 
appreciate whatever support we and thank you to those who have uh, stepped up and allowed us to do some things and in advance the show but uh thank you so much hey Rand, always a pleasure man thanks for uh for hanging in there on the uh, technical side and uh this week is my week to learn i'm pulling out the manual <laughs> so, <laughs> so better next better weeks ahead all right all right, man. With that note, uh, on that note, uh, round 125 is in the can and we out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect by email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB the G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.